Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Rick Stroud with Joey Knight. It's the Bucks against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, 1 o'clock at stake for the Bucks. If they win, they clinch the NFC South title. If they were to lose, they would need help and a win against Atlanta. And then Carolina would have to lose to New Orleans. But they're not thinking about that. We're going to talk about this game on Sunday. We're also going to discuss the National College Football Semifinals this weekend, um, which uh, offers some some pretty good games on New Year's Eve. Hope you're having a happy New Year's as we speak. Joey, let's start with the Bucks and uh, this game that they have on Sunday. It was in, in preparing for this, I got to thinking, you know, obviously Carolina is playing very well. They're running the ball extremely well. In fact, games they win, they run it some 40 times a game. So, you know what kind of game this defense is in for. Um, and and Steve Wilkes has done an amazing job since taking over from Matt Rule, who was fired. They got rid of all their best players, that kind of thing. So it's a credible team. However, I looked at Tom Brady's numbers, and yes, he, the biggest number is probably 45, and that's how old he is. And another number might be 7-8, and eight, which is the Bucks record. But here's one for you. The guy has won... 19 division titles, 19. The Bucks are trying to win their eighth. Um, this seems routine for him. I know it's not because I've, I've covered the National Football League. I'm, I've covered franchises that could not even make the playoffs. He's done it 13 straight times. The only two times he didn't get here was when he tore his ACL in 2009 and before that after he won a Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. The next season they went 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs. That is it. So if you're asking me, if you were just – and I'm not a betting guy, but if I'm going to a window, I find it hard to bet against Tom Brady in this situation simply because he finds his way to the playoffs every year. I'm not betting against him. <laughs> 19 division titles. That's, uh, But that shouldn't surprise a guy who has spent literally half his life in the NFL. As we tape this Thursday, Tom Brady has had 8,292 days as an NFL football player and 8,292 days from birth until he was drafted. So <laughs> that kind of number shouldn't surprise us. But no, Rick, I'm, uh, I'm not betting against Tom Brady, despite what we've seen, just the discombobulation and the inconsistency of the, uh, of the offense. you got to think that number 12 finds a way. And something else that I'd be very encouraged about if I'm a Bucks fan at this point it's all hands on deck. They're getting healthier. You're seeing guys who who are out there practicing, who I'm not sure would have been practicing if this was a week five or six game, but we've seen Vita Vea out there two days now. We've seen Tristan Wirfs, who's clearly playing with a, with a tweaked ankle, you know, out there practicing, telling us he's fantastic, he's good to go. Donovan Smith has that foot injury. He's been back out there. Everybody, you know, with with a pulse seemingly is going to be ready to play, which stands to reason this is a de facto playoff game. But between that and just between Tom Brady's literal years of experience in this situation, finding a way, 
I'm not sure I bet against the Bucks on Sunday. Well, anything can happen, and, and, and it's unfortunate, I think, the kind of year they've had. They've never gotten any momentum, um, particularly on offense. So I think the defense has done a lot of good things, and I think they're responsible, frankly, for them winning the games they have won, including last week in Arizona. Look, if they don't get the stops when they needed them, if they don't get a turnover, which was sort of a, a stupid play by Arizona, if they don't stop them in overtime and hold them to one, one first down – um, the Bucks don't win that game, and they're fighting for their, their basic lives um, on Sunday. But the defense, I think, which is also missing pieces, Shaq Barrett, um, the, the secondary has been beat up. We don't know as we speak whether Jamel Dean is going to be a go or not coming off a toe injury, although he has been at practice. I don't know how effective he is. Carlton Davis we haven't seen. So there are some issues still on that defense. But you're right. If you're talking about a team that wants to run the football the way Carolina has and does – um, getting Vita Vea back next to Akeem Hicks has been the recipe for them stopping the run. We saw that happen in, in Germany with Seattle, um, which was a good rushing team, and all of a sudden they shut that down. So if they're able to do that, and the good news is they know what kind of game they're in for, um, and they, they have to try to make Sam Darnold beat them, and he has not thrown more than 24, 25 passes in any game that he's played this year, and he missed most of the year at that. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, you still have concerns on offense and where the points are going to come from. Look, I when, you, when you're playing a team, and both teams sort of want to do this now, this sort of been the template is they want to control the football. They want to sustain drives. I think the Bucks want to do that as well. The Bucks don't finish them off with touchdowns. They've been kicking way too many field goals. But this could easily be one of those games where you look up and after the end of the first half, the Bucks have had the ball three times. And, and and that's a recipe for disaster because now Tom Brady is dropping back 45 times in the second half and trying to, to play catch-up. But it seems to me that if there is a, a, a way for the Bucks to win, it's this way. They keep the game close, and they turn it over to Tom Brady in the fourth quarter and hope that he's no more than one score down and maybe tied and can go down, take him down, and kick a field goal or a touchdown and win the game. That formula has served them well. I think of the Rams, the Saints, and the Cardinals, where that formula has worked for them in in recent weeks. But, yeah, Rick, even even with a healthier, I'm not saying a healthy, but a healthier offensive line, such as Donovan Smith being back out there, Werfs being back out there, Tom still hasn't really trusted his pass rush or his protection fully all season. I mean, long before those guys got hurt, he was getting rid of the ball quickly. And, I, you know, I, I can't help but think we're going to see more of the same Sunday. It's not like they can reinvent the wheel here in Week 17. I think Tom's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly because he feels he has to. You're going to see a lot of horizontal stuff, a lot of the check down throws to guys like Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. And I'll tell you what, Steve Wilkes and his staff have been watching them do this for weeks and weeks and weeks they're going to be ready for it. So, yes, I, I expect a, a low-scoring game with, with the hopes that this defense can, can keep it close, you know, keep this, uh, keep this methodical run game kind of one-dimensional, make it a low-score game, and give it to number 12 at the end. I totally agree with you because, again, I, I just don't see things opening up and downfield plays developing all of a sudden here, you know, against a quality opponent who has, in fact, turned into a very quality opponent here in the last month and a half. 
Yeah, and they have the recipe to, to upset Brady. I mean, we, we can't forget that the worst game I think I saw them play this year was in Carolina. And maybe they were a little over their skis thinking, we're going to go up here because they had just fired Matt Rule. Um, they had just, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield was on the team but was inactive. He was, I think, injured. Um, they had lost Christian McCaffrey. They had lost Robbie Anderson. And, and there might have been a little complacency on the Bucks' part of thinking, well, we're going to go up here and we're going to own these guys. Well, it, it they they lost 21 to 3. I mean, 3 points is all they scored in this game. And that was the game that started with Mike Evans wide open dropping a touchdown pass uh and I think it has had an effect on him the rest of the year. I think he fought his hands for a while uh and and that absolutely might have changed the entire tenor of that game. Um but the one thing we know like Carolina is not going to be intimidated uh, or at the least bit awed by this Tampa Bay team. Now at some point they may wake up and realize that that's, you know, the goat back there and he doesn't lose these games. Um, but they're, you're going to have to earn this. And that's the word that Tom Brady has continued to use this year. When I asked him about all the playoffs, you know, success he's had getting into the playoffs, we know what he's done once he's gotten there, um, but just getting to this game. And the funny thing is, is that if they're able to do it um, and win, Despite everything that has occurred, there is a real carrot. There's a couple of them. One, you're in the postseason, and that was the goal at the start of the year. Uh, as Bruce Arians told me, um, he's, he's more or less told fans to shut up because if they win, it's only their eighth title, and they're they're right where they were a year ago hosting a playoff game. But by the same token, um, they get a week off. I mean, essentially, you go to Atlanta not needing to win or lose. It won't matter. And you can then, you talked about the health of the team. I think you're right. I think guys are going to play this game as if it is a playoff game because it, 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 for all intents and purposes, it is. If they lose this game, they don't deserve to go to the NFC, uh, to, to win the NFC South. But more than that, they'd have to beat Atlanta, and then they'd need help New Orleans beating Carolina. You certainly can't count on that. So while all wouldn't be lost, it would be a very remote chance at that point, especially with the, the lack of momentum that you'd have, that you're going you're gonna to somehow sneak your way in, or backdoor your way in the playoffs. But the carrot is, if they win the game, and you still need 22 guys to play, um, all those guys we talked about that are nicked up or that might get hurt, they get a whole week off. I mean, you got basically two weeks to heal before you were to play what's likely the Dallas Cowboys. So they're this actually sets up nicely for them that they can clinch this week and then next week rest up. And uh, the other carrot, you get a home playoff game. And we, we could argue all day about whether a, a, a sub-500 team deserves a home playoff game. That's, that's another debate for another day. But the bottom line is they would win the conference and they would get that they would win the division and they would get that home playoff game. So that's two carrots. And I would be fascinated to see Rick, how it would play out next week in Atlanta. Should they beat the Panthers on Sunday? Do you just sit everybody the whole game? Do you treat it like a preseason game? Uh, I think I, we talked about this earlier. Do you let Tom Brady go out there for a couple possessions for the kids who got bucks tickets for Christmas just to see Tom Brady and just, let them play one or two series just to, you know, keep their legs, you know, fresh? Or do you just sit everybody? Do you treat it like that third game of the preseason where, no, n- none of our frontline guys are playing. We're on to Dallas. So, you know, we're getting ready for the playoffs. I'll answer that question for you. They sit everyone. 
And you know what? For the little kids in Atlanta that bought tickets to see Tom Brady play, go blame your Falcons that they're not playing a meaningful game in, in January because that's that's who's at fault here. It's not the Bucks. The Bucks will have earned their right to sit people because a team like Atlanta didn't take care of their business, and they're the ones that are circling the drain, and that game means nothing. Um, so, no, I – and, and, you know, you only have 53 guys that, that are on the active roster to begin with, so it's not as if everyone can sit, right? But anyone who is the least bit nicked up, including your offensive tackles, look, if I'm Kyle Trask, I'm like, give me a helmet. I've been here two years. I've not even had a chance to sit on the sidelines in a uniform. I want to run out there with one for a change. I don't think Tom Brady gets near anything. Not a clipboard, nothing. If you bring him on the plane, great. But he sits over there on a ball cap, and you don't let anybody get near him. You put you put him in the in, in the china cabinet because this game means nothing. And you're going to see Keyshawn Vaughn. You're going to see um, Giovanni Bernard. Like those are your running backs, and 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 a whole new offensive line and defensive line and all of that to the extent that they can play people. So I absolutely think that they're going to rest, and that that is a huge advantage to be able to heal up before you're going to host a home playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys, who might have something to play for. Um, Not totally eliminated, I don't think, from the NFC East title. Philadelphia is one game from clinching, but say they don't. Say it goes to the final week of the season, and uh, and those two teams have to go at it. Um, That's sort of what you want. You'd have the advantage of of waiting and getting guys healthy. Uh, The other thing about, about this game and I think the strength of this team to me has been their defense. And at some point, you know, they're thin. Like you, you wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com just about Joe Tryon, Shawinka, and Anthony Nelson. They have played every single snap in the last two weeks. Now, you hear stuff like, well, they're young guys. And back in the day, nobody wanted to come off the field. Listen, you wonder when this is going to catch up to them. And the the bottom line is this, that they're going to need all their defensive players to play well in this one because for them to go anywhere, for them to advance beyond just not only win the division, but to go beyond that, this defense has a chance to keep them in games and, and maybe create some turnovers to help them with field position and win. I think this is a defensive game all the way. Yes, there'll be plays made down the field. Somebody, maybe Tom Brady. We keep talking to Chris Godwin and others. They think they have it in them. They got that 30-point game. We saw them score 17 against the Bengals in the first half. It's there, right? It's out there. But the defense is going to have to carry them. Unless, does Tom Brady say, the heck with it, I'm going to stand in here and I'm going to hold the ball a little bit longer and I'm going to play this like a playoff game because if we don't win, we're not going. And, and this may be the last season of my career. I don't think he knows. He has said he's going to take his time. He was asked that question the other day again in, in our media session, and he said it on the uh, podcast that you listen to. But if you're Tom Brady, and he, he made one comment like you cut it loose. Like he made a comment like you go out there and it's one game and you cut it loose. Does Tom Brady cut it loose on Sunday? Does he stand in there and do they look like the Bucks, where they're looking down the field as opposed to everything is out of his hand in two seconds? That's a great question. It's something we haven't seen all year. I, you know, it would certainly, you know, if he's got the protection to be able to do that, it's something that would certainly, I think, uh, you know, get the Panthers off their toes a little bit. I just don't know. Um, 
Uh, again, I think that would be a fascinating storyline. On the other side, you talked, about, you talked about the defense. They've just got to they got to find some, some way to keep Carolina from controlling the ball because we know they're going to come in with a mindset of running the ball and the defense is minimal on bodies. And on top of that, Vita Vail, we don't know how healthy he is, how effective he's going to be. If they just turn it into an 8, 9, 10 possession game where they're controlling the ball for you know 40 minutes of this game, that could, that could bode very badly for the Bucks because not only are they questionable on the inside, we don't know how healthy Vita is, but like you talked about, like I wrote about, those guys on the outside, you've got Joe Tryon-Shrinka and Anthony Nelson who have played 100% of the defensive snaps each of the last two games. They hadn't done that since high school. And the only replenishment I think they're going to get this week, Rick, maybe is Carl Nassib, who's missed the last two games with a pectoral injury. He's been practicing. So maybe they'll have a three-player rotation instead of a two. And if that run, and if that run game gets to be effective, look at the play action now and look at your secondary. We don't know if they'll have Carlton Davis. We don't know if they'll have Jamel Dean. We know Mike Edwards is playing on a soft hamstring. They've just got to somehow find a way to disrupt what Carolina likes to come in and do. We talk about early starts, not only early starts offensively for this team, Rick, but defensively. Force a couple of quick three and outs, and that can just change the whole tenor of the game. And I think that's going to be imperative on Sunday. Yeah, no, I agree. And and the slow starts have been on both sides of the ball, defensive and offensive, uh, particularly on offense, even though you know they've had a couple – a couple games now, they've come out and they've driven the ball, had it 12 plays, 14 plays, but they've ended up with field goals. Ryan Suckup has been money for them, and he, they needed all of his field goals in the last game to win. That's the good news. The bad news is you're not going to beat many teams just by kicking field goals. And when you score 16 or 17 points a game, uh, that puts an awful lot of pressure on your defense. We're going to talk about the college national football uh, semifinals, which is coming up this weekend, of course, on New Year's Eve. And folks, I want to take a minute to tell you how you can save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years now in the area. Now there's a a field uh, where there's a lot of these fly-by-night companies. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products that conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. They use their own guys up there on the roof for Billy May. Those are his guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, uh, we're going to talk a little college football here, something you're very familiar with in covering college football and USF. Um, it's the National uh, College Football Semifinals. I will say this, I love these games. They have not been close traditionally, or many of them have not been the semifinal round anyway. I don't like them on New Year's Eve. Uh, and, and maybe it's me. And, like, look, I'm way past the age of where you go out and you, you know, uh, put the party hats on and, and count down and all of that. Usually I go down down the street to my friends who has a neighborhood uh, affair or whatever. Um, 
But I just, I, I there's something about the timing. I know it's a Saturday, and this, you know, it, that's the way it fell. Um, having said all that, I like these matchups. Uh, the first game, I guess, is is Michigan against TCU, and and I'm glad TCU stayed in the picture, even though they they lost their their conference championship game. They've they've had a, an unbelievable year. They're the ones that are kind of, if you were handicapping the field before the season started, you probably didn't have the Horned Frogs in this, right? Um, but Michigan's a blue blood and was here last year. I'm almost as surprised they made it back. I didn't necessarily think they would do that. Uh, they beat Ohio State, and I think Ohio State made a, a sort of a tactical mistake, and that is they completely challenged Michigan to beat them over the top, and they did. They proved they could. They they played you know cover zero single high left left the middle of the field open to to support the run which is what Michigan wants to do we know they want to run the ball. Having said that, I, if TCU tries that against them on Saturday, I think they're going to have the same result. Michigan's quarterback has proven that he can beat you with his arm if you give him that opportunity. Here's where I think it gets tricky for TCU. You know they're designed to stop other Big 12 offenses. They run that 3-3-5, Rick. And, you know, while that will challenge Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy a little more, you know, Michigan, that plays right into the hands of Michigan and their ball control, Bo Schembechler, Jim Harbaugh style. I mean, Blake Corum, obviously, you know, they're great running back. He's not going to be available, but he wasn't available against Ohio State. And Donovan Edwards ran for 216 yards. I just really think TCU's defense is going to be challenged physically at the point of attack against Michigan. And I, I just think this matchup favors, favors the Wolverines so greatly. I, I, you know, I, I don't see except maybe one NFL guy on that defensive front for TCU, a kid named Dylan Cook, I believe. Otherwise, I just think it's going to be tough sledding. Um, obviously, Harbaugh has has not only established a culture there; he's established, you know, a depth chart because you know they they lose their best tailback, a Heisman candidate, and they don't miss a beat against Ohio State. I I just like Michigan a lot in that uh, in that first matchup, Rick. I do too, and and, and they're definitely going to run the ball. Uh, the wild card has been for the year is one of the best competitors in college football. He was a Heisman finalist, and that's Max Max Dugan. I love the way he plays. Um, he will will himself and his team um, to stay in the game to make plays. He can do it with his feet. He can do it with his arm. Uh, TCU has scored points, and it's you know to your point, they're going to have to score some. I think because I think you're right. I think they're going to have trouble controlling Michigan on the ground. What is the path for TCU to win this game, uh, aside from trying to stop that, that rushing attack? Boy, it, it's tough. Again, you know, probably kind of like the Bucks on Sunday, getting a couple of early stops, getting a couple of three and outs on Michigan, having Max Dugan and that offense have some early success, getting a little early momentum, I, you know, just kind of you know, change the, change the tone of the game a little bit. I, I, you know, I, I could see that happening, but again, I just, uh, I just don't, I just don't like that matchup with TCU's defense against Michigan, just, you know, just playing right into the Wolverines hands. And I was just so impressed when Blake Quorum went out, how they were just able to continue to play the way they play. Donovan Edwards was, was outstanding in that game. And again, the, the quarterback, you know, um, McCarthy, um, 
he completed only 50% of his passes, but he th- threw for three touchdowns like you alluded to. Um, yeah, uh, TCU's just going to have to have some early success on both sides, get the momentum in their favor, and then we could see what happens. But again, I like the Wolverines big. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I like them too. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I, I think which... In, in a game that could have been the national championship final, but it is a semifinal, two really blue bloods again. The defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, go up against Ohio State. And my namesake, C.J. Stroud, their quarterback. Ohio State, I think, is fortunate to be in this game yeah. because they didn't beat Michigan, and some things had to happen for them to be ranked one of the top four teams, and that's why they're playing the number one team in the country. I watched Georgia play in person, as it turns out, uh, in the SEC championship game, and – they got behind, and it never felt like they were behind, and their defense sort of took over the game. Uh, I think their first touchdown was a defensive touchdown. But they've got a quarterback that's about 35 years old in Stetson Bennett, and he's, he's actually 24, I think, or 25. But um, he's unflappable, not the most like athletically gifted guy, the greatest arm, all of that. But what Todd Munkin, who used to be here as a Bucks offensive coordinator now in Georgia, has done – with Stetson Bennett, I don't think anybody foresaw. I mean, this guy took over from four- and five-star quarterbacks that were there, and he's just been a winner. But it's Georgia's defense that is the story of the Georgia Bulldogs. They are a hard team to score against. Who's the dude in the middle? Jalen Carter, who was, you know, I was doing a little homework on him. He was a fullback and a tight end at Apopka High School, in addition to everything he did on defense. That's just an athletic freak. And now, you know, through the course of the season, he's kind of re-entered that conversation of being the number one overall draft pick. And, you know, he's just one of an ensemble. I mean, we've seen Georgia play all year. We've Obviously, Kirby Smart has stocked that, stocked that cabinet plush. Uh, and, and you look at the games, the teams they've beaten. You know, every team has a hiccup. You know, even, even the great Spurrier teams and the great Bound teams had at least one hiccup a year. I guess Georgia's was 26-22 against Missouri earlier in the year. But, you know, since then, you know, a 10-point win at Kentucky on a cold night. Otherwise, you know, they've just been no contests all the way down the stretch. And, it, Rick, you, you mentioned Stetson Bennett. Has there been a more unappreciated player in college football in our lifetime than this kid who is just everybody takes every opportunity they can you know, just to downplay and discredit what he's done behind, you know, uh, uh, an offensive line of future NFL guys and complemented by a defense, by an NFL caliber defense. And, you know, it's it's almost like he's he's the consummate caretaker. But I don't think the consummate caretaker can lead a team, even a team as good as this, to back-to-back undefeated seasons and back-to-back convincing undefeated seasons I you know I I just the guy's a winner Uh, I think he's just greatly grossly unappreciated agree I mean if this was Tim Tebow who people you know arguably one of the greatest college football players of all time 
they'd be raving about him, and yet Tebow didn't have the, the, the didn't have the kind of skills in, as a passer that Stetson Bennett has. He does. He's not blessed with a ton of like the you know first round pick wide receivers either. He's got a great tight end, uh, that's for sure. And they do run the football. Georgia always has running backs. But I'm with you. I mean, he's played a lot of football, and he's one of the older college football players there is. But what quarterback has won back to back national titles in general, right? And and you know, while he was mentioned for the Heisman, he was never really a serious candidate to win it. Um, he is one of the most un- unappreciated players in college football, and yet he's got his team right where they needed to be back in the national title, t- trying to defend it. Which, I mean, look, without him, um, how do you win the SEC two years in a row? How do you even you know beat Alabama? Look at the quarterbacks that have come through the University of Alabama, including including Young, uh, Bryce Young, who is tremendous, by the way, and he's not in this game. But Stetson Bennett is, so I'm with you. And and so based on what you're saying, and I don't think I disagree, we could be looking at a Georgia Michigan final uh by the end by the time the ball drops on New Year's Eve. Absolutely. That's the way I'm calling it. And whereas your pet peeve, Rick, is um Saturday, the semifinal games on New Year's Eve, my pet peeve has always been the national title game being Monday night. I agree. And I, I understand why they do it. You can't compete with the NFL. But this is a Saturday sport, man. Find a way to have this game on a Saturday. Totally agree. You play the whole year college football. We get ready for Saturday morning and game day and all of that. And then you get to the national title game and it's Monday night college football, which I hate because everybody's staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, should be a great weekend of football, national college semifinals, of course, and then it's against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Remember to uh, support our sponsors, May Electric Solar. If you want to save some money on your electric bill, call them today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, our producer, Joey Knight, uh, my partner in crime here with the Bucks. this is Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend of football, everybody, and Happy New Year. Have a safe and wonderful 2023. 